I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin, and this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Well, hi, hello, and welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm George Faust, as always, joined by Karaski Melvin. We look at Raging Cajun's football conference schedule. Find out which Sun Belt opponents will be visiting Cajun Field. And speaking of football, I go one on one with Louisiana head football coach Michael Desimo about year one as the head coach. And speaking of one on one, we start by hitting the hardwood. Basketball is in conference play. The women started Sun Belt play, splitting its first two games at home before heading on the road. And Karaski, meanwhile, the men dealt with a tough road trip to start conference play, dropping two road conference games, first at Coastal and then Old Dominion. Both games ended up being close, but head coach Bob Marlin expects this team to get more aggressive on offense and make better decisions on the defensive side of the ball. In the end, Coach Marlin knows you have to play better to win games in this competitive league. Have to be aggressive. Uh, you know, we've got to get the calls, but we've got to put put it on the officials and make sure that uh, we get to the free throw line, whether we drive the ball or we post up. So, uh, we're just going to have to continue to work at that phase. Next on Inside Cajun Nation, we have details about Cajun football's Sun Belt schedule. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. Welcome back to the show. On to football. We know which Sun Belt opponents the Cajuns will face on the road and who will come to Cajun Field. Now, last year, Louisiana was an even 4-4 four and four in conference play. Louisiana will host Georgia State, Southern Miss, Texas State, and UL Monroe. They will travel to face Arkansas State, Old Dominion, South Al, and Troy. The full Sun Belt schedule, including dates, will be released on March first at the latest. Now, in non-conference play, Louisiana will host Northwestern State September 2nd, visit UAB on September 16th, travel to Minnesota September 30th, and will welcome New Mexico State to Cajun Field on October 14th. All right, after the break, I sit down with Louisiana head football coach Michael Desimo. He'll talk about that schedule and much more. The transfer portal's in there as well. All that coming up on Inside Cajun Nation when we get back. Welcome back into Inside Cajun Nation, everybody. Thanks so much for staying up and joining us. And we are pleased to be joined by the head football coach of the Raging Cajuns, Michael Desimo. Coach, uh, thanks so much for the time. Let's start here. You end your season in a bowl game. Doesn't get much better than that, I, I'm assuming, right? I mean, that, that's what you want. Yeah, that, you know, that's always the goal, you know, is to, is to play in the postseason. Um, and, you know, you worked really hard all year for those opportunities. And, you know, the bowl experience for our players was amazing. You know, the city of Shreveport and the Independence Bowl did a phenomenal job. Um, you know, and you want it to be more than just a game because it, it's the work required to get there. Um, it's a reward for that. And so it was a really good experience for us. You know, I was proud of our kids, the way they played. You know, yeah. certainly didn't come up, didn't end it the way we wanted to. Um, but, you know, played really well against a really good football team. And, had opportunities to go out there and go win it, but uh, you know sometimes when those things work out like that, it's it's a good thing going in the off season and it, it gives you a lot of motivation moving forward. 
I mean, Coach Robichaux uh, had a long time ago, I was talking to him about something, and he, he goes, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times, too, in your career, uh, is that L's don't necessarily mean losses. They mean lessons, and you can learn from them. And, and uh, I, I think you guys played phenomenal in that Independence Bowl. I mean, is your assessment, of, did you look at that game? Did you game plan, game plan that game however you do it after a contest? And what did you see in that, that game that, that, you, that gave you some uh, excitement or hope uh, for the future? Well, certainly, you know, a lot of those players that played in that game are coming back. Right. Um, you know, on the defensive line, we had some guys that were out, injured, sick, you know, what have you. Um, and you played a lot of young guys that haven't played much this year uh, that got some significant snaps. You got guys that have a lot of years back that are coming. So you, you see that and you're, you're really pleased. Um, you know, Chandler Fields and Zeon Chris played great at the quarterback position. Um, you know, I thought that our receivers stepped up and played really well in some certain spots. You know, guys like Lance Lejean that yeah. all year has been kind of building up into a role. The end of the year, you kind of get a glimpse of what he's going to be a little bit. Um, you know, and you saw some of those young backs, you know, Draylon Washington make a couple good runs and things like that. So there's a lot of those guys that are back that are going to be back hungry. And, you know, the, the thing is this. Whether you win or you lose, the issues are still there, right? You know, whether you win by one or you lose by one, um, when you lose, the urgency is just human nature. The urgency to fix them, fix the issues, is just it's, it's a little bit more pressing. Um, when you somehow find a way to win those games by one, those issues are still there. It's just, you know, you, you kind of, the human nature part of it is, is well, you won, you know, and, and certainly you want to get better at it. But the urgency is different when it doesn't go the way that you wanted it to. And, um, you know, I think urgency is kind of the, it's the key factor an improvement and so for us I, I'm I'm happy with the way things worked out you know I mean certainly you, you wish you won those four one possession games and you were yeah. 10 and 3 and you're sitting here talking about all these great things but the issues would still be there um, so for us it's just going to be the urgency and help us refocus on it and uh, but I, I'm, I'm proud of this team I mean the things that they went through last all season last season to uh, to earn a bowl bid and to go over there and go play Against a really good football team like Houston, I, I was, you know, I was, I was pleased and um, certainly excited about what's coming back. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at the, the, the season as a whole, I mean, look, you get six wins, you go to a bowl game. That's something to be said for. Uh, there's something to be said for that in your in your first season. When you look at the season, when you go back and you kind of, I don't know if you do this or, or not, but if you look and go, man, okay, there's a game, we did this, right? We did, there, there are high points, there are low points throughout yeah. the whole year. Take, tell me, what was, did, was there a moment in time this season where you saw this team and went, man, you know what? We're coming together. We're, what we're doing is, is, is right and, and and we're gonna, you know, you said it all year. You know, we're gonna stay the course when when you had some tough times. Sure. Hey, we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing works. Let's keep pushing forward. As, was there a moment that you felt a little bit more comfortable with how things were going uh, as the season wore on? Yeah, you know, I think the South Al game was kind of after that game to me was a little bit of the turning where we kind of caught our balance a little bit and got sure. back on track. You know, that was the third loss in a row. We had plenty of opportunities to win that game, and we get back in the building, and um, and our players were just completely focused on the next one. And the next one happened to be Marshall, who ended up being a pretty darn good football team. And I think going up there on the road and beating Marshall on the road, that was something that I think kind of got us back on balance. And, 
you know, certainly you still had some ups and downs from that point. But I think at that point our team kind of caught their got their confidence back a little bit, got back on track, and you know, there's something to be said for a confident football team. And you know, you get punched in the mouth a couple times, which we haven't done in a long hadn't happened to us in a long time. Um, you got to kind of you know get your bearings straight and get back on track, and you got to build that confidence back. And for our kids, I said it kind of early in the year. We had a lot of players that were playing new roles that I think they thought we could be a good team. There's a difference between thinking and knowing a little bit. And, uh, you know, we were kind of building a little confidence and you hit the three-game skid, and then all of a sudden you've you got to go do something to make everyone believe, right, to let everyone know that, hey, we, we can be this team. And the toughest part of our schedule was the second half of the year. We knew that. I think that's where the three-game skid as a coaching staff was a little – was where you were a little bit concerned. Yeah. Um, but – our kids never never panicked, never faltered. Um, they just stayed the course. And, you know, one of the things we talked about all year was just fight the next fight. And, you know, every, every week's a, a one round of the fight. And you, you got to come out the corner every week and you got to throw punches. And, you know, at the end of it, hopefully you win the round. But if not, you got to come back and fight the next one. So I, I was, you know, our staff did a really good job with this team, keeping them going the right direction. Yeah. And uh, I felt like at that point was where you kind of felt like, okay, we've got a little bit of life back in us right here, and, and we, can, we can go finish this season much better than what we started. When, obviously, this is your first year as a college head coach. Uh, you'd been in the program before. What was it like for you to be the head coach and, and have people come to you and ask you the question? And when you say it, that's the, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just it's wearing a lot of different hats, you know, and kind of managing your time. Um, is the kind of the key factor in it all and you know at certain times in the year you've got three four five different things going on at the same time and yeah. so it's prioritizing um, really you know day to day hour to hour what what's the most important thing to be doing at that time and at that point and you know I think for me that's the thing you know I had a really had a first first row seat you know to watch coach Napier do it but it's still different when you have to do it um, and for us, you know, you're kind of thrown in the fire a little bit right when you get started with staff turnover and really roster turnover and things like that that we had. And we had some key positions you got to sure. hire and sign. And, yeah. you know, um, in hindsight, you know, you maybe lose track of some of the minute details that go into it that are really important um, when you have those things going on. And so I think this year having a little more consistency going into the offseason um, and a little bit more certainty where everything's at um, is certainly something that I'm looking forward to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, look, it was great. I work with great people. Um, I have the opportunity to coach amazing kids every single day. Um, so even when you go through the tough things, you know, you, you're grateful for the people that are around you, that I work for, that I work with, um, and the players certainly that I get to coach, you know. So it's, uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, a lot of learning um, experiences in this first year and, you know, excited about moving forward with it in year two. I mean, part of part of the first year is getting to sit here. I mean, that's got to be quite an honor just to sit right next to you, right here on inside. It was on the bucket list. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah, sure it so was. I, got to cross I, it I, off. I knew yeah. it was. Yeah, I know sure. Coach Napier. You know, he 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 liked it when he came here. I'm just saying. So continue to. Sure. Well, you're always welcome here is what I'm trying Thanks, to say. Thanks, George. We're going we're to take a break. We're going to be back with Coach. He's not going anywhere just yet. We're going to wrap things up with Coach Mike, uh, Coach Dez here uh, in just a bit. Don't go away. We're back on Inside Cajun Nation in 90 seconds.
He didn't go anywhere. He's still around. Still here. <laughs> coach, thanks so much for being here. That's Coach Mike Desimo, the Raging Cajun head football coach. And, uh, of course, I'm George Faust, and you're watching Inside Cajun Nation. And, Coach, uh, you talked about it a little bit uh, just, a, just a moment ago about, you know, having some stability mm -hmm. in the staff and kind of knowing who's coming back and who's going where. Uh, my question, my follow-up was going to be about the the comfort level that that gives a head coach because you don't have to go hire a lot of different people you 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 know how they work already you know what's coming up it, can you address what that what that's like to be able to just kind of not sit back but kind of know he's here they're there we know what's going on it it allows you to focus on the players more you know in reality because you know last year at this point you know, we're in the middle of hiring people, and there's processes that go into that that you've got to go through, um, you know, and then to do your due diligence for your team, for your staff. Um, there's a lot of people that you have to talk to to hire one position. You know, I mean, it's you're, you're interviewing a lot of people. There's a lot of phone calls, a lot of meetings. Um, and and the, the reality of it is that it takes away from things that you need to do for your team um, because those spots have to get hired before you can really move forward. So it's tremendous to have, you know, the the staff coming back, you know, I think that continuity is probably one of the most um, underrated, you know, key factors in, in, in staff and sure. on a team. You know, just having the continuity where, you know, the first month you're filling people out, two months you're trying to figure out, you know, who they are, how they operate, all those things. And um, once you go through a full season together, you spend so many hours and so much time together. Well, it's like you're on the same page with, you know, you, you know how they think, you know what they're thinking. Um, so it, it's a huge advantage to have this much, all of our staff back, essentially. Um, you know, the roster, even attrition-wise, is in a way better place than what we were last year at this point. Um, you know, and then you kind of have a better feel for recruiting, which you got to do moving forward. So, you know, to me, I think that's going to be a huge benefit for us. Um, we've got coaches that love Lafayette, the Acadiana area, this program, um, you know, and, and they want to be here. And we've got, you know, support from our administration that makes it possible for us to be competitive with, you know, other people that are calling. I mean, that's the nature of the game. There's always people calling, trying to figure out, you know, who they're going to hire on their staff. And, and we've got a, a great place here and a great community to live in. And we've got the support here where we can be competitive with, you know, five, ten years ago. You know, we really couldn't. And so, um, you know, I'm appreciative of that because, you know, at the end of the day, when you live in a really good place and you're happy and you're treated right, it's a little harder to leave. And so a lot of these guys, I mean, they've, they're they're making, you know, Lafayette and Acadiana home, and that's what you want them to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you talk about uh, a little bit about recruiting, and that, that's one of the, uh, I mean, it's the lifeblood of college football. It's kind of changed the the world of college football is changing as we're sitting in it right now. Um, but just looking at what you guys were able to do at the early signing period, which I, I don't know if it's considered that anymore. It's just considered signing day now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, – uh, there's some guys you got. Look, you got nine linemen, I think, uh, it, it, from from what I tallied up. I don't know if that's changed or not. But uh, it, there's there's some needs that you feel like you've addressed, and and uh, just kind of if you would talk a little bit about the class that you guys were able to put together. Yeah, you know, a big focus on offensive line and defensive line. Um, you know, truthfully, after last year, <clears throat> after the 2021 season, the number of linemen that we lost. 
in the short time period, you couldn't get back yeah. to whole, you know, by recruiting in one cycle. Otherwise, you're going to take players that, you know, that really don't belong here. And the worst thing you want to do is panic and take a guy that, well, you sign someone, well, they can't play. They're not a one-year problem. They're a four-year problem, you know. Um, so we knew we wouldn't be able to get back to whole. Um, this year we were able to sign to get us back to our numbers that we want to be at on the offensive line. Certainly on the defensive line, you're losing good players coming out of there. Um, but we've had a lot. Of, we've got a bunch of these guys that are coming back that have contributed and played significantly, and their stock is just on the way up. And as the years go on, they've continued to get better. So that was the big emphasis. Um, you know, in the wide receiver room, we signed quite a few wide receivers. Yeah. Needed to. Um, you know, we, we were able to sign 22 in the early signing period. Um, the majority of that is high school players, and that's the way that we want sure. to build this program. Um, I still believe in this transfer portal world that you can recruit kids that want to be here, that you can develop, and that are going to produce for your program because they do feel an emotional attachment to it. Um, some people don't. But I do believe that it's about our program has always been about development. And there are a ton of good players in our four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour footprint from our state, Mississippi, into Texas, a little bit of Arkansas, which is where we do the bulk of our recruiting. You can get great players. Sure. And you go out there, you find them, you find they have the characteristics and the traits that you want. You bring them in, you get to develop them and mold them into the players that you want them to be. And... Um, you know, for us, that's what the early signing period is, is go and get these young, talented players that are going to be here for a long time, that are going to develop and grow in our culture. And then the second signing period is where you get to look at, okay, well, where are some of maybe the immediate needs? Well, and when there are those, okay, well, then you go and get an older guy. And, you know, we recruit the junior colleges probably harder than the portal, um, just truthfully feeling like we can get a better product out of the junior colleges hmm. yeah. than the portal because sure. – you know, right now there's this infatuation yeah. with the transfer portal. I mean, pull up any social media outlet. That's all they talk about is who's in the portal, who's out, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Well, the colleges, some of these coaches, are, they're, they're constantly combing this portal trying to find the next thing. And the, the, the issues with that a little bit are that it's a sped-up recruiting timeline. You don't know much about them. The rules have changed in that, you know, if a kid comes there from the portal, they're yours for the duration of their eligibility. They cannot leave. Hmm. You cannot get rid of them. They're on your scholarship count. And then the whole idea of this transactional, I just don't think you can build a team with transactional people. Yeah, I want my coaches to be transactional. I want my coaches to be transformational and want to be here and change things. So, right. you know, I feel the same way about a team. Um, for us, there are guys in the portal that we have taken that we will take. Most of them are kids that we've recruited at some point that are either local or in our footprint that we know that we've got a history with. Um, and they're in positions of specific need. You know, we recruit these high school kids to develop them. Well, we're going to develop them and let them play. You know, just because they might be sophomores and haven't played much yet, well, we believe that we've recruited the right type of kids, we've developed them, and it's their turn to play. And I feel in the long run that's going to make a difference for us. I think if you're looking for a quick fix, Certainly, you could err more on the portal and just trying to, you know, if yeah. you're trying to get in and get out, but that's, we're trying to play the long game here, yeah. you know, and we're, we're trying to build this thing to last for a long time. And I still believe in my heart and in my gut, without a doubt, that the way to do it is go and recruit young players that fit your culture that you can bring in and you can take in, you can make them yours, and, 
in the long run, I think you'll get a better product in the end when you bring in these kids that come here with the intent of being there for a long time. Yeah, that's that's a, that's an interesting approach because that's not how people are approaching it not right now. But but that's that's a, fre a breath of fresh air to be honest with you because you've heard so much. Uh, you can only win this way, this way, and yeah, I mean, look. You got to a, the Independence Bowl uh, uh, this season, your first year. I mean, it, it, it's and it's a process. So I'm I'm anxious to see what happens. That's going to be awesome. Speaking of which, uh, next season just released uh, this week was the schedule, uh, your opponents and things of that nature. Talk about the schedule. I mean, you like like who we're playing and 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 where you're going with regards to uh, who you got who you're going to face next year. Sure. You know, I mean, I, I think. The thing that, you know, and Dr. Magger and I have talked about this quite a bit, you know, I'm in favor of, you know, the FCS game you play every year being in-state yeah. every year. I mean, I, I don't see how it makes sense to, uh, I don't see how it makes sense to play an FCS team from out of state when you can, you've got travel, you know, where you right down the road, you've got, you know, fan bases that are excited about playing it. And then, you know, in the end of the day, you keep the money in the state. And yeah. I think it's nothing but good for all of us, um, you know, when you start talking about non-conference games, you know, Minnesota, that's, that's always something you're yeah. excited about. I mean, especially the year they've had this year that their program is on the way up. It's a measuring stick. Anytime you get to go play a school like that, sure. um, they had a phenomenal year this year, um, you know, really well-coached football team, you know, physical and tough. You know what you're going to get when you go up there. Um, you know, New Mexico State, I think, is, uh, is one that, that, that we're – they joined Conference USA, so I think we kind of have to see how it shakes out because they've got a full schedule now where they used to be independent. Mm, yeah. So, you know, I know that contract is lined up, but we've got to kind of see how that fits. And then, you know, you get into your, uh, your crossover games. You know, we're going to Old Dominion, which we've, you know, never been there, never played those guys, so that's always fun. Yeah. Um, and then you have uh, Georgia State that's coming down to us, which we've played them quite a bit, you know, and have a history with them. Uh, so... You know, and then certainly you're playing your Western Division team. So, right. you know, the, the schedule, it, it, those things, I mean, you have to get excited about what your schedule is because that's what's around the corner, you know. And for us, it's, um, it's always more about us at this time of year than it is about who you play. Um, and that's, in my opinion, how it's supposed to be. You know, uh, you've gotta, we've got to fix the things that we've got to fix from last year. We've got to get better in, in, in every area of what we do. Um, and you do those things, and then as you hit the summer and you start moving towards next season, then you start to worry a little bit about the opponent. But the reality is that at this point, you know, sitting here in January, there is a whole inventory of things that we've got to continue to get better at. And for us, that's going to be our emphasis this offseason, in the spring football, into the summer, and even in the fall camp. We, we don't do a whole lot of opponent work until we get to game week before game one. It's just there, there's, there's way more to it than that first game of the year. And, the, and honestly, I mean, if you want to last the entire year, you've got to fix the issues that you have. You can't just try to mask it by winning one game. You've got to go through and you've got to work through the kinks that you have. So for us, we're always excited about it. I think, you know, Dr. Maggard has done a phenomenal job with scheduling. Um, he's made our crossover games a lot of fun. Um, you know, the crossover games are great in conference. That's a new thing, right, this year. <laughs> Uh, but the 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 other G5 schools that we've played, the, those are always those are great games for us that we're excited about. So um, we got work to do for us first, but when it, when it's time, we'll, we'll be we'll be excited and ready for that.
Coach, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming in. And uh, there's a million other questions I have, but uh, we're going to wrap it up. We'll, we'll save that for another time, and we'll chat again for sure. But thanks so much for taking some time to spend with us here on Inside Cajun Nation. Yeah, thank you, George. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show. We'll uh, see you next time right here on Inside Cajun Nation.